What guanawadadu sewa guego? On this edition of the Auntie's Dandelion, we're on a special visit with author Gard Mikalsen at the Ridu Ridu Sami Film and Music Festival in northern Norway. Gald is a Sami person, which is a European indigenous designation. The Sami are traditional fisher people, trappers, and reindeer herders whose lands span across Norway, Sweden, Finland, and Russia. Gald's 2019 book, Father's New Mother Tongue, is a fictionalized version of Gard's childhood in a small Arctic town in post-World War II Norway when Sami people were being aggressively assimilated by the government. The young girl, Alma, experiences the wounds of her identity and language denied on so many levels, even from her father. And he told us that this is not necessary. You are not going to speak Sami. You you will not be able to work or do anything if you get stuck in this language. Gald's book is her attempt to heal those wounds through this collection of profound anecdotes from her journey of restoring Sami culture and language. You'll hear excerpts from her book throughout the episode. I'm Gusto Saraguate, and we are Yeti Nistaha Nede Garunyaganare, the Auntie's Dandelion. We're focused on revitalizing our communities through stories of land, language, and relationships. And we want to say Nyawagoa, or big thanks to Canada's Indigenous Screen Office, Deyuki Wistagenha, for making this podcast possible through their new media fund. We make space here for real conversations to unfold, like when we're visiting in our communities. So take a breath, make some tea, and listen to your aunties. They all shut up when Alma enters the kitchen. When the adults see that it's only her, they go on talking. They speak their adults' language. Alma's mother laughs, and one of the neighbors continues to tell a story. It must be funny, since the adults guffaw so much their stomachs shake. These women from the neighborhood meet at least once a day. Knitting pins tinkle as they chat. They knit all the time. They always take their knitting along. Alma's mother is sitting and spinning yarn for the things she will knit or weave next. Alma listens to the words, the tone of the language, To her, it sounds like a song. The words just flow out of their mouths. When they talk to her, they speak their father's language, as Alma calls it. The mouth is wide open and the words plop out. And we're rolling and we're in the library at the cultural center, right? It's a host for northern people. For northern people. only. It's Norwegian Sami and people who's living in north. Oh, okay, not just a Sami cultural center. Yeah. So we're at the Ridu Ridu uh, Film and Music Festival that was started by your brother, Thor. Oh, one of them. <laughs> one of them, yeah. Wat Gunawarado, greetings, love, and respect to you. Ewadagan Asadate Nado, can you introduce yourself in your original language? Yeah. Munamale Gad Mikolson, and I'm Olmavakis. Okay. is the Sami name of the valley. Oh, beautiful. Because okay. Olmai means a man. <laughs> a man? So it's a it man is, valley. Um, it's also a, a valley up here called Women's Valley. Okay. Akkavagi. Oh. Yeah, but it is because the man valley, uh, uh, just to 
far away up in the valley it it is a, a rock made uh, look like a man's uh, head okay. mm-hmm. that's why they so, call it man valley yes yeah and this um uh nissan valley um or the woman's valley yeah there is a, a lady in the rock she's laying there waiting for uh, uh, for the man he was uh, tried to come to her from the other side of the mountain Ooh. and then the sunrise and he was stuck there and she is still laying here <laughs> <laughs> they're waiting for each other you can see her in profi- profile yeah. like she her face and her breast and her stomach and really? everything and in the in the spring when the sto- snow start melting you can see like her hair hanging oh how beautiful you haven't seen that no i, I can show yet. you it's um, yeah it's easy to see it's not from too far us. from here mm, you can see it from here but okay. it's uh, far to go yeah steep <laughs> <laughs> yeah everything is steep mm, yeah. around here it's a beautiful mm. valley and close to you would call that a fjord right that yes the, the water lingen fjord lingen fjord yeah, yeah. okay mm. yeah well thank you for talking to me so on the plane on the way here i read your book which in english is called father's new mother tongue mm. and it's a, it's fictionalized is that correct it's not like a documentary it's uh, a story of your life but not precisely is that correct yes yeah can you tell me when did you write this book i know it's newly in english um and why did you write this book i started thinking about it when my father died yeah in uh, 1984 and uh, we were not friends mm. because of the language because uh, his uh, first language which was uh, sami yeah and he turned off to only speak norwegian and i didn't know he could speak sami before i was uh, 17 and he um, told us that this is not necessary you are not going to speak sami it's you you will not um, be able to work or do anything if you get stuck in this language yes yeah yeah so there was a resentment on your part correct yeah yeah can you tell me about the moment that you realized that he was a fluent sami speaker i was uh, very surprised up in the mountain he was very fond of go skiing and took us often this touring it was two teachers from south norway yeah and uh, he start uh, telling them about the names by this lake we were going the names were in sami when they approach the end of the lake they can see the summer places of reindeer herding sami on the shore alma's father tells them the names of the different dwelling sites the names are in sami The two women from the south are extremely curious and interested in what they hear. They ask what the names mean in Norwegian and he tells them what they mean. Can you speak Sami? one of the teachers asks and he answers, "Yes, I can." It's the biggest news Amma has ever heard. Father can speak Sami. It's the first time she hears her father say it himself. Somewhere inside, he knows Sami. 
It must just be somewhere deep inside him, Alma thinks. Alma digests the new information without saying a word. None of the many questions that arise in her head cross over her lips. In her mind, she tries to figure out what to say, but everything seems wrong. Alma doesn't tell any of her friends about it either. With all the questions whirling in her head, Alma becomes downright furious when she realizes that father knows the language, but he's never told her anything about it. It's terribly degrading that the teachers, whom he doesn't even know, learn about it before she does. And then they asked him, do you speak Sami? And he said, yes, I do. And I was so uh, shocked and I was so ashamed. They got to know this, but I didn't. Yeah. He never told me. And you had been longing to speak Sami, correct? Yeah. Like you were you were awakening into Sami culture and part of like student groups. Yeah. yeah. And it seems like a betrayal, right? Is yeah, that? yeah, it was. Did you ever talk to him about that? I think so. We we start arguing because we made a, a group a association about Sami in here in the valley yeah. too. And he was against it. He, he meant that that was nonsense. <laughs> mm -hmm. So um, we often argue about that. And I was, we were, the day he died, we were still in this uh, arguing. So what then about that made you want to write the book? How did that connect to the book? Because you said you started thinking about the book when he did die. Uh, because of them, when someone died and the, then you got the, your tears are falling. Uh, mm -hmm. The word, grief. Grief. Yeah, the grief. The grief of, of him. Yeah. And also of the language. And uh, yeah, it became the same thing. I was thinking that he was an idiot. He couldn't speak the Sami. But I get some red threads from my mother because she was <laughs> angry on him. He didn't speak to an uh, old man, came to us. Yes. And he speak Sami to my father, and my father answered in Norwegian. She was so angry. Other villagers no longer come to their house to use the telephone. But one day there's an old reindeer herding man sitting in the kitchen when Alma comes home. Her heart jumps, but she quickly realizes the man doesn't look at all like the one who was here earlier. He's older and sober. He's been cutting shoe grass because he has a big sack of sedge. He seems to be in a good mood, sitting there with a cup of coffee... He speaks broken Norwegian to Alma, but Sami to her mother and father. Alma's mother and the man both speak Sami, while her father hardly says anything, and the little he does say, he says in Norwegian. After he leaves, it's no longer peaceful in the house, to put it mildly. Alma's mother is furious. Alma didn't realize she was boiling inside. It's the first time Alma hears her criticize her father because of the language. Even if you usually don't want to speak Sami, you could at least have answered him in Sami. He offers the language to you over and over, but you answer in Norwegian. Shame on you. I can't believe it. The words just fly out of her. You should have some respect for an old man, but no, you never give in. Can't you see it's more difficult for him to speak Norwegian than it would be for you to speak Sami? How can you be so stubborn? And I think his problem was that he, when he started uh, going to school, mm -hmm. and 
higher high school. In the beginning, he couldn't take the exam in Norwegian. He, he stroke. I can He failed. He failed. Yes, he yes. failed in the Norwegian language. Okay. So we had to take it up in private as a privatist. So then he and he meant it. Uh, it was because of the Sami start. Okay. <laughs> he was so bad in Norwegian. So that was a big shame yes. for him. Yeah, it was. And and then he meant that we should not have the, that trouble, that type of shame. Yeah. So he was in his mind protecting you. Yes. But withheld your culture from you and your language, right? Yeah. And that's a really powerful moment in the book when your mother is just yelling at him and she says, you could have made that old man's life easier, but you chose to, again, like withhold that connection Mm. because it's harder for the older man to speak in Norwegian, Yeah. right? This uh, meaning of the book, father's uh, new mother tongue, new mother tongue is Norwegian. So father's new mother tongue, he was basically pretending his mother tongue was Norwegian in a lot of ways, right? Yeah. When you wrote the book then, how did your feelings about your father change? Or what did you experience uh, after you wrote this book and documented your time from being a child Mm. up until you were married, up until you took over the farm, basically, right? Yeah. I understand him, but I have to get rid of this um, pain I have in my heart. And and I still think it's painful to talk like, no. Is it? I think I will get rid of the pain when I wrote and I talked about it then. But it still, (laughs) when we start talking about it, I know the pain. And is that pain the fact that you were still fighting or, and, or is it, is it the pain of knowing that your culture and your language was withheld from you. Yeah, both. Both of those things. This uh, non-speaking uh, language, you you are living um, close together, but you never um, speak about these important things in, in the world. It was a lot of political talks in, in our house, but it was at the Norwegian um, politic and, and parties. And not Sami. Not but um, my mother started getting, she started um, also working with the Sami yes. um, uh, issues. Didn't your mother become a member of parliament? Yes. So the Sami delegate? Yeah, she was the, um, the first um, vice president, woman oh. vice president in the Sami parliament. Oh my. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was after your father's death, right? Yes. But he started working with the Sami issues before he died. Yes. It was um, something. We made we made a new bathroom in the house because we didn't have it from ever as a small kid. And the toilet, um, and he, he painted, painted the walls with a very clear yellow color. Mm-hmm. It was so nice in the, his toilet. And there <laughs> he put a picture on the wall in this uh, toilet of uh, Sami uh, women and and man sitting huh? on the mountain. It was, yeah, and mm. nice picture. Like I said, whoa, what's this? Hey. I said, oh, it can be a picture of you, he said. <laughs> it seems that Alma's father softened slightly in relation to the Sami issue. Alma's mother has been asked to be a member of the National Committee on Sami Culture, and this is something he just can't ignore. 
Nevertheless, he laughs at them, calling them the new fell Sami. He keeps saying, this is so idiotic. What in the world do you think you'll achieve? If he is ever glad or proud of the activity of the young people, he never shows it. Or maybe he does show it in his own way, since he pastes a photograph on the toilet wall. It's a beautiful picture of a couple in Sami clothing. When Alma asks why, he just answers, maybe it could be a picture of you. Isn't it was a funny acting. Yeah. yeah. After all that, withholding. Yeah. yeah. And then it's almost like he was wishing that upon you, that you would pick that up. Yeah. Not that he was making it easier. Yeah. <laughs> right? It was so strange. Wow. I think maybe he also had a lot of thoughts about who he was and who he had to be in front of the children and the society. And, and thinking that he was making your future better. Yeah. By doing that. Yeah. My mother's very much the same way, actually. Yeah. I think yeah. she thought by pretending we weren't as indigenous as we are, mm. she thought she protected us. Later you realized that, because I had a lot of anger as well. Yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. She grew up very poor, and as a woman, and as an indigenous woman, mm. if you take those things away, as yeah. or what, whatever you can, then you're, you think you're helping your child. There's one moment that I thought was also so well-written in your book about when you were younger and you were in the A class at school and you started having attitudes come at you and you didn't know what they were attached to. Can you describe what was going on there? Because I love how you don't name it as like racism, but you, you help us experience what that feeling is as it's happening. And then you trust us to figure out what was going on. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't know either what was going on. The breaks are almost worse than the lessons. Alma can't understand why things are suddenly the way they are. Earlier, she always played with the others. She isn't a slow runner either. As a matter of fact, she's one of the fastest ones. A gap has opened between her and the others. She never had to be alone in her life, but now she is. She stands alone without knowing what to do and where to go. Abandoned. Alma walks across the big open schoolyard. The girls watch her and then start shouting. She looks so funny when she walks. Look at how she walks. She's a teaser. She's full of herself. Ha ha. Teaser, teaser. Then arm in arm, they start trooping across the schoolyard. Alma stops to watch them. She can't understand what makes her a teaser. I only remember that I was angry at the teacher. I started punishing her with not doing my <laughs> lessons. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so I, 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 I swear for myself that she's not going to get anything out of me. <laughs> because she was really tough on you. Yeah. And you were an, an excellent writer, right? Yeah, but I, I didn't know I was an uh, excellent writer. We were writing in Sami, yeah. but on Norwegian. So the sentence was placed like we were talking Sami. Right, the see, grammar. Uh, yeah, the yeah. grammar uh, was from the Sami, Sami. but done in Norwegian because they wanted to to write perfect Norwegian. Yes. But the sent my sentence were... Something else. <laughs> right. The words were in a different order. Yeah, yeah. So they then, the teacher was reacting to you terribly. Yeah. And 
shaming you in class. And you're so defiant. I just love how fierce you are in this book. What happened then? So you were in A class Mm -hmm. and then there was a B class. And what did you notice about the B class? You ended up going in there, right? Mm. The children in in the B class, they could could speak uh, Sami. We didn't talk about the Sami then. Right. Not uh, never ever, but I know they could. Uh, and the, it was in, in grow up when I was working with the book. I, I start asking, and one of the teachers from my first class, she told me about this how they had uh, been picking out the students from families who were speaking Norwegian, and they were in the A yeah. class. Really, we didn't know we were Sami. Okay, like my father said, the Sami is the. Those uh, reindeer herders on, on the mountains. When did you have that awakening to start calling yourself Sami? Yeah, but it was because um, it wasn't allowed to to call uh, people laps. It was a, mm-hmm. a yelling word. Yes. It was uh, bad in Norwegian. We have to uh, we talk about the reindeer herders as uh, fjellfin. Okay. Uh, a mountain lap, and the, we should stop uh, using this. I was growing up with it when they came here in the spring, in the summer. They came here. I met uh, one guy. He was Fjellfin, a lap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and um, I think I said uh, Fjellfin to him, mm-hmm. and he looked at me and he said, "You can call me that. It's okay that you call me Fjellfin. Fjellfin. But if she, the other Norwegian, if she had done it." I didn't want it. So it was very strange. Well, I think that's, again, it's kind of similar if we call each other Indian. Yeah. But if somebody else calls us Indian, because that's from yeah. India, you know, yeah. we don't like that. Mm. That's not correct. Yeah. You know, and we, we use different words like our nations. Mm. It really was when you went to high school and then after that, that you started joining these organizations is that right? That were Sami organizations. And then you had kind of an awareness that there were other Sami people. Yeah. What was that experience like as you, mm. it seems like it was, it got bigger and bigger and bigger. Like the world yeah. seemed to get, of Sami yeah. seemed to get so much bigger for you. I didn't went to high school. I was in a practical school. Okay. With the farming and such things. Oh, okay. So that's why I was working in Tromsø too. It was close to the same thing I was. I have been working with uh, at home, but but this was much more interesting. <laughs> yes, because you grew up on a yeah. farm, and yeah. then your summers you would spend up in your summer camp, basically, right? We were living there in summer with the cows. Not so many. They only have enough for living for, for the family. Yeah, for, I think they sold milk and meat, uh, and the five children was mm. raised. On this mm-hmm. little land. Mm. And now you can't raise a family with uh, 10 of these small farming. Did your mother speak Sami with you? Yeah, we tried to do. Yeah. I tried to to speak with her. But but um, when I didn't find the word, mm-hmm. as now in English, she stopped uh, speaking and got went over to the Norwegian instead okay. of, she she was not a good uh, teacher. <laughs> she said to me, you, no, you speak Sami like he speak Norwegian. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
like, she well, was, teach me. She was so mean. <laughs> so mean. That our elders are like that too. It's like, oh, I'm trying. How have things changed about Sami representation or knowledge? Yeah, it, it has changed, but it still can be more people should know about the Sami and the indigenous people. Yeah. I think other, most people don't know about it. For example, in South Norway. Now they are hearing, in, listening to television. And uh, like my son, he's, he told me yesterday I was in his house and he said, it's like 10 years ago. It was the same people, the same question, the same answer. Mm-hmm. I think nothing has changed. <laughs> the fact that myself as a Mohawk person and a person from we call it Turtle Island, right? From mm-hmm. the from the United States and Canada, that we know about the Sami. We know about some of Sami mm-hmm. culture, yeah. filmmaking. Like Sami are amazing filmmakers, amazing mm-hmm. singers. So there is a real awareness and a real respect from our side that I'm not <clears throat> sure that my relatives knew that there were European indigenous people. So um I think you're doing a great job. <laughs> I hope so. We always know about the Indians. <laughs> right. We yes. were playing when we were kids. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> when I was a girl, my father had the neighbor. He made a, a film for us, uh, for the family. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Christmas Eve. And uh, I have uh, uh, like a feather of Indian feather <laughs> on my head. <laughs> Like an American Indian. Yeah, yeah, it was okay to be an American Indian, but but not the Norwegian Sami. Not, not your own no, type no. of indigenous person. No. <laughs> that's that's a lot, doesn't so it? Yeah. How did people react to your book? What have people said about it? People from not here, they said, oh, great. Yeah, some people here also said, great. It was, yeah. But uh, some of them said, uh, what uh, what are you writing about? Us in the childhood, it was not necessary, they meant. Some said it was uh, great, and some said, I don't want to tell what I mean about your book. Oh, oh my, mm. okay. Yeah. Wow. Were That's those Sami people? Both Norwegian and Sami. Yeah? Yeah. Why? Why do you think they felt that way? I think they thought it was strange that I had been writing a book. I didn't care what people here meant about yeah. my book. Yeah. Because I know it was uh, good, I had and I had done my best. Because I was thinking this book can go far yeah. more far away than this um, valley. I'm glad you didn't care. I'm glad mm. you're that fierce little girl is still here. <laughs> <laughs> How long did it take to write? It take really long. When I was in the farming, I never had the time to to write. Yeah. But I was writing bit by bit, and and suddenly, once I had think I have to go away to to work. Where did you go? I go to Finland. Oh, Finland is only a one hour drive from here. Okay. And I hired an apartment. I was so happy I could uh, write. I decided uh, at least one hour I have to go out during the daytime for fresh air, oh. and I need to eat. Yeah. And otherwise, I can. I like that feeling. That sounds wonderful. Yeah. I also I made this. Um, I think it was so difficult that that's why I put these small uh, stories inside yeah. the book. Yeah, it's all these small anecdotes, yeah. like small yes. little stories that are all connected and so carefully constructed. What has been the happiest outcome of the book? 
What do you want it to do for people? I just wanted people to read it. Did you write in in Norwegian or Sami? Norwegian. Yeah. Yes. I couldn't um, write my feeling in in Sami. No. It is notable that the festival that we are at is a Sami festival. Mm, yeah. Ridu ridu is a Sami word. What does it mean? It is uh, it's about the storm on the coast. And it's your brother who was one of the organizers mm. of the festival, so it feels like your family together is yeah. expanding into your Sami identity. So it, mm. it seems like each yeah. of you carry something, right? I think it's family my my uh, Grandchildren, they have Sami in school and, and they mm-hmm. use the clothes that they want them. How does that make you feel? Mm, that's, I think it's nice. I make uh, clothes to my family. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to talk about in relation to the book? Frances said mm-hmm. that uh, it should have been uh, class uh, yes. in school classes. Oh, for sure. Uh, this, this school here did not uh, take it. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that funny? It's like people closest to things are like, yeah. I knew her when she was little. But that's the way those things go. You put it out there. That, I think that that's really wonderful yeah. too. You put it out there and people who pick mm-hmm. it up and now it's going to international audiences, mm-hmm. even us talking about it. So yeah. we'll um, we'll keep carrying it mm-hmm. in our heart. I just really loved it so much. I flew over with you <laughs> on the plane. <laughs> That's good. And your words. Some of the old ladies in the valley, she said to me, I've been reading your book several times. Mm. So that's funny. And, and I also was so happy. She told me, after I read your book, I started reading, bi- bu- uh, reading books, mm. other books she hadn't been reading before. Mm. Well, that's huge. It's many people are not, it's only a few people who read books. Yeah. That's true. I think that is true. Yeah. And and I'm so happy uh, that my book make a new reader. That's right. It's that expanding. Yeah. yeah that made me really happy because I think I have a, a gift that I uh, like to read books. Yeah. I never have a boring time. Yes. That's true. Yeah. I like to read books. Yawagawa. That's what we say. Thank you very much. Olugitu. One night when it's colder than usual, Alma decides to sleep in the greenhouse just in case. She wakes up in the wee hours to the feeling that someone's looking at her. There's a familiar figure standing at the door. It lasts just for a moment, and then he's gone. Alma doesn't feel afraid. The fire's almost gone and the temperature is down to a minimum. Deep inside, Alma knew who was helping them, but she never believed she'd be allowed to see who it was. The sight makes her cry, but she can't say whether she's weeping for sorrow or joy 